0: Blood Talk Radio.
1: everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Loretta McNary live radio show. And we, like always, are super excited for our guests is on today. Um, I cannot say enough about her. She was pitched to us probably a couple of months ago. So we've done extensive um, information research on her and there's so much we could talk about. But of course, this 30 minutes is not going to give us even the tip of the iceberg about Dawn Whitty. She is a philanthropist to her heart. She is an author, and she's the founder of the Desire to Inspire Foundation, which provides children around the world with a mother's love and care while helping them find and use their own special gifts and talents to help themselves and others. So, in other words, she's teaching them how to fish and not just giving them fish. So, being a mother to her two daughters, Taylor and Carrington, of course, that's her proudest role. We shared that, Dawn. And she is the founder of the Beadline Skin Care which is coming out later this year in fragrances and co-founder of the B tour, which they just had their first tour. So we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about this magnificent book. That is like a coloring book. It's a journal. It's a planner. It's a calendar. It's inspiration on steroids. It is everything. Everybody. Welcome to the show. Dawn Earhart Woody. Hi there.
0: Hi, Loretta. Thank you so much. for a wonderful, warm welcome. <laughs> yeah, we are just so excited
1: that you are here. Just delighted, delighted. So, of course, we're just gonna first. I have to say before I go any further, I have to say hello to my darling mom who listens to all my podcasts, and I also want to give a big shout out <laughs> and a big thank you to our amazing sponsors: Rising Sun Outreach Ministries, Mid South Camara Club, DNL Catfish Shack, and of course the Loretta McNary TV show. So we're very ha- ha- proud of our sponsors, I do want to let the audience know just beforehand I am dealing with some bronchitis issues, so if I cough, I hate that it's going to be um, included in the live archive because my podcast and my radio show are just like when you see me in person, they're imperfect, so you will hear me. If I'm sick, you're going to hear that I'm sick, but my job is still the same to give you the best show that I can give and have you walk away feeling better than you did before you tuned in. Okay, dog. So I know you said being a mom is like your proudest role and your biggest and greatest title to your two daughters. So did you always want to be a mom? Was that part of your master no. plan?
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> she says that emphatically. I do. It's actually funny because when my former husband and I were dating, uh, he came from one of nine and I used to tell him, you know what? I don't think I want kids. I just didn't think I did because whenever I would hear like a little child crying or, you know, in a restaurant or at a store, I would always, it just like it hurt my heart, but I thought it was because I didn't like kids. But what actually it is, is that I can't stand to hear a little child crying and as soon as I, had my daughter I couldn't even imagine not wanting children and because I loved them so much I just realized like how special children are period awesome
1: I, that's a great answer I really really love that and um I'm also like I said in the introduction I always tell my sons you're my greatest accomplishment nothing will ever supersede the love and the um, proud feelings that I have for it being their mom, being the person that God chose to birth these five amazing guys into this world and but what I don't like is, you know, of course our world is imperfect and it's hurtful and there's a lot of things that are going on that could be better. However, because of people like you, Dawn, it makes it an even better place to live and breathe and to raise children here in this world because most people, I think, are very, very kind. And those who aren't, I think something happened to trigger the, you know, the opposite of love, which is hate and belittlement and bullying. So I think if they will pick up this book, though, and they listen to this excuse me, they listen to this inspiring interview with you, I think it'll help even the person who feels like, you know what, that's mumble jumbo, Pumbaya, no mm-hmm. way, no way for me. So do you run into that? Do people say, hey, you're just too, you know, t- turn that down some. Just, just chill out with some of that.
0: Oh, my gosh, absolutely. You know, I've, I've actually gone on a couple of dates recently, and it's just, you know, didn't turn into date number two because they just couldn't acknowledge anything I was saying they completely had a diametrically opposed view of the world and you know I can't convince anybody of what I believe I can just tell them my perspective because everything is perspective right we all have a different perspective based on our experiences and you know where we come from and what we've learned so you know I see the world as being a lovely beautiful place I know there is Mm -hmm. bad stuff that happens but that doesn't mean that there aren't, like, a million, millions, actually, of amazing people just wanting to do the right thing and are doing the right thing. We just hear about the ones that aren't. Yeah, they. it's like they say, the squeaky wheel gets the most um, oil uh-huh. because
1: they are so brash and just that's all they do. Wine, wine, wine. You know, look at that. Look at that. This is a horrible place. This is a horrible restaurant. This is a horrible school. It's a horrible job. It's a horrible church. And they get, you know, they get attention. So some people get bad attention is like any attention. But for us, people who believe in kindness and in Jesus and, and love, just pure, pure, for the sake of pure love, that we're supposed to love each other because you are a human being you have feelings and emotions and purpose, we are called to love them. And so I love how you just took on the mission your entire life now is a mission of showing people how to be in your book entitled Be Uh, It's a coloring journal planner Mm -hmm. that celebrates living a life of purpose by design. And so it talks about love, being grateful, being kind, being inspired, being happy, being genuine, being strong. So my question before we dive into this book and then also want to talk about your foundation, um, Desire to Inspire, were you always like this? Were you always that person, even growing up as a little girl, the one who was, you know, the, the peacemaker, the one that was always encouraging everybody else, the one that people turned to for that inspiration?
0: Um, you know, I, I, I know that I was an oldest, so, you know, I don't know that everybody would think I was encouraging or kind. <laughs> um, but I've always... O- when I was younger, I was much more introverted. You know, I grew up in a, a very, you know, a small town in Ohio and I'm half Indian and half German. And so, you know, there weren't a lot of people that looked like us. And so, you know, I just really was like kind of shy and, um, but with people that I knew well, you know, people have always come to me. Cause I think again, being the oldest, there's like that nurturing part that usually comes along with that. Um, and I think I've always just I always wanted to volunteer, like from my earliest memory, as soon as I could, you know, volunteer as a candy striper, I wanted to do that at the nursing home. I just have always wanted to help people. I don't know why that has always been such a huge pull or calling to me, but it always has, and I'm so grateful that that's my calling, you know, as opposed to some other callings I could have had, because it's very rewarding.
1: were you... So have you always been an entrepreneur um, from, you know, graduating high school and maybe went to college, and you always decided, I'm going to work for myself because I wanted to do my share? Or did you have some experience in maybe corporate America or retail? What was your experience prior to the person that you are are now? Because in your book and in everything that reads about you, you said you want people. And even in my – when you autographed the book to me, I love what you said. You said, thank you for deciding – Thank you for who you choose to be in the world. So did you always choose who you are now, or was what was your road to getting to who you are now? Just to help people that are listening, because I know, I, like you, I was an introverted um, person, teenager, young adult, and then God gave me this show, like, in 2006, and my mother still cannot believe I do all this talking. So what was it for you that... <laughs> <laughs> that transition you to this transformational um life coach
0: person you know, I think we go through different different times of our lives. you know, I actually went to college right out of out of high school you know because I thought that was what you're supposed to do, you know, and mm-hmm. um I lived in that should box where we are told that you go to school and you go to college and then you get married and then, you know and You know, it doesn't always fit that easily for everybody. So, you know, my first year of college, I honestly, you know, kind of like didn't go to any of my classes. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I decided I needed to take some time off because I was going through the ropes and the motions, but I didn't really know why. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to be a psychiatrist, a psychologist. But then when I started thinking about what that actually looked like, I was like, you know, do I really want to sit there in an office and listen to people tell me, you know, problems day after day? I'm an empath. That's the worst thing for me. But, you know, I think. Throughout the years, raising my daughters, I volu- I, I've taken all opportunities that have come my way. And, you know, uh, a lot of them were volunteer opportunities where I was not getting paid, but I learned valuable experience. I learned how to lead. You know, I, I took um, volunteer positions, again, raising uh Uh, funds for schools, for AYSO, for different organizations, and throughout all of those experiences, I learned, I learned, I learned, and it's just like life, if you look at it as being like a learning process, you know, you just keep adding to your list of skills and talents. So, you know, after my daughters were both in college, you know, I spent a good bulk of my life being a stay-at-home mom, making sure that, you know, they got to, to reach their dreams and goals. And when they were in college, I just kind of asked myself, well, what, what is your next step? You know, what do you want to do now? And, um, you know, the answer I got was, well, you know, what are you good at? And I was like, well, you know, I know how to love people. I know I'm really good at that. Anything else, you know, <laughs> accounting, taxes, stuff like that, not my thing. But I was like, what do you do with that? And, you know, from that, I I just started taking some steps saying, you know, I want to help people. I know that's what I want to do. How can I make that happen? And then opportunities started presenting themselves, and I just kept saying yes. So that's kind of where I got to here. I'm so glad that you shared that you
1: were a, all of what you just said, but what was really standing out to me was that you were a stay-at-home mom. And I want stay-at-home moms who are listening to understand what your skill set looks like by Dawn telling you. So she developed leadership skills. She started volunteering. And so even running a household, that's like running a major corporation. So you already have leadership skills. You're already a boss. 'Cause you you know, you gotta make sure everything happens, <laughs> everybody's fit, everybody's on time, so you have time management skills. You gotta organize lunches and dinners and bath time, so now you have organization skills. So it's all about um learning what those buzzwords are if you wanna go into corporate America or if you wanna start your own business. Trust me, you do have everything and this is for everybody. You do have everything inside of you that you need. Don't be intimidated by these big buzzwords that people are using um, in the business world or corporate America or just on podcasts and say this is what they did and infrastructure and strategies. You have done that. If you are alive and you are an adult, you have created strategies before. So, Dawn, tell us about Um, what was your step after that when you decided to write this book? And then we're going to take a a short break for my sponsors, and then we're going to come and I want to just really get into the book and work some of these pages.
0: Um, Okay. Well, briefly, you know, there was – I had read this article once, and this dad had written his children, I think, eight um, pieces of advice that he wanted them to know before he – he died. And I thought, wow, what are, what are some things that I really want my daughters to know if I, if, and when, I mean, when I'm no longer here, what are the important things I want them to make sure that they, they hold dear to their heart. And so I started writing them down and I started asking some of my friends that were mothers, you know, what kind of advice would you want, you know, to make sure your child knew. And then when I kind of looked at it and wanted to organize it into some kind of a cohesive, you know, book, Format. Matt, um, I thought, you know, there are the seven deadly sins and that tells people what not to be or what not to do. And I wanted to, I want to mm-hmm. always inspire people in what to do, what to be look towards instead of what not to do. So that's where I came up with B and the seven words.
1: Okay. So just remind everybody, before we go into break and we'll come back and talk about these seven words, but tell me um, each word that you are spending a lot of time in your book talking about and guiding people through a process of, you know, answering questions based on these words. And then just before we go to the break, so I'd love for you to share those seven words. Oh, boy, let's
0: hope I can remember them. I'm sitting in my car right now. At the NFL <laughs> I got the Network. book, so I have the sheet sheet. <laughs> oh, you've got the cheat sheet. Okay, well, you could quiz me. Let's see. I think I can do this. There's be love, be kind, be genuine, be grateful, be happy, be inspired, and be strong. And genuine, you got them all. So, absolutely, you are the right
1: person to talk about. (laughs) Excuse me, here we go. Talking way too much, got to sip some water. But I've really got to tell everybody now about um, these amazing sponsors that I have. And I mentioned DNL Catfish Shack is one of the best catfish restaurants here in um, Memphis. And our reviews, the reviews are just really, really astounding. People come from all over the country to DNL Catfish Shack, not just for the fish but for the customer service. They are blown away by the customer service there. And secondly, I want to talk about the South Camera Club. This is the South Camera Club. It's a group of women who drive fantastic cars, but they drive for a cause, and their causes are breast cancer awareness, prostate cancer awareness, and just community involvement and everybody getting involved. So they attract attention by having the, the really cool cars so that they can bring messages of hope and love, like your book, to the community here in the Mid-South of Mississippi, um, Tennessee. And then our very next sponsor, I'm just so happy for all of our sponsors. We're just really super, super blessed to have them to be a part of Loretta McNary Live. Every time we record, they are so a part of us. So we're very fortunate. So I just want to talk about Rising Sun. Outreach Ministries, they are a church located here in Memphis, Tennessee, in the White Haven community, and they are some of the best people that you can ever imagine going to a church because it feels like you're just going to your friend's house when you go to um, church on Saturdays and Sundays at Rising Suns Outreach Ministry. so we thank you all for that. All right, Don. so let's dive into your book. I cannot pull up any audio, so we'll fix that before we go off air. And I love the questions um, that you talk about. So I want to ask you this question, and this is on page 95, everybody. Please purchase her book. You can purchase wherever books are sold, (laughs) and she can tell you about any (laughs) specials about it. Um, So think of a time when you chose to do something the way you thought it should be done rather than following your heart and doing it the way you wanted to be doing it. How and why could it have been different for you? And if you had you followed your heart.
0: Ah, I like how you turned on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I did write a little story in the book about a personal experience about a similar such a time such as that for me. Um, I was in Africa. Um, I think it was the second time I had gone, and I was invited to come to this fundraiser where there was from some uh, children that were there, and the children were all sitting on one side the stage and then the volunteers were all sitting on the other side and they asked me to come sit on the other side with the volunteers and I was just sitting there looking at the children across the way thinking I just want to be I want to be with them so I was just sitting there for about five minutes thinking you know I I, I'm in a foreign country I don't really know anybody here you know I don't really want to get up and like make a scene but I want to be with those kids and I followed what I wanted to do and I went over and I sat with the kids the kids were thrilled they all you know came around me and we were talking and playing well once I did it then all the other volunteers that were just sitting around talking to each other they started coming over too so it was like you know I followed that calling in my heart to go do that and and it just started it started other people joining me. So I was glad that I took that leap because I I was mulling it over for a little bit.
1: (laughs) I bet you were, because you you still probably operate from that introverted system that you have in place, even though I I believe that um, when I have to, when I know it's God's purposes, then I am so much of an extroverted person. But my personal bent is, you know, I just want to be at home on the sofa with a good book, but I know I'm called to do um, publicly what I would rather do from the couch. So
0: I yes. want to go ahead
1: and share the audio before I read another question. I want to go ahead and share the audio for my Rising Suns Outreach Ministries sponsor. So we'll be right back after this message. Sure. Okay, technology is just not going to be my friend today. (laughs) It happens sometimes. So let me get to the next question that I wanted to ask the author of this fabulous book, Call B, and we'll talk about her next book and her third book too, if time allows. So what are some ways you show people you love them? And you know, based on the book with Dr. I think Dr. Chapman, the five love languages, he tells us that we love people how we want to be loved. So, Dawn, how are some ways that you love, like your daughters, have you figured out what their love language is?
0: Oh, you know, I don't know what their love languages are exactly. They're both very different from each other. But, you know, they they have talked about this amongst themselves, and then they share these conversations with me. My daughters are now 28 and 29. So their conversations are very funny, but um, they were saying my younger daughter is more reserved. You know, she's not like a very demonstrative, you know, person when it comes affectionate and, and sappy like me. But um, she said, you know what, but I want, mm-hmm. I want somebody to love me that like, like the way mom loves, you know, cause I am, I'm very affectionate. I'm, I'm very, um, you know, buying people gifts, sending, you know, writing little notes in their lunch boxes, their whole school career I stopped in college but <laughs> I would pack their lunches and write little <laughs> funny sayings and sometimes I would decorate their bananas just to let them know that they're special and that you know somebody on this earth thinks they're you know the moon rises and sets with them or I guess that would be fun. Oh, so beautiful <laughs> That is so beautiful. So, did they
1: think that you were just different from the other moms, or were other moms doing the same thing? Because I'm one of those morning persons, and haven't been a mother of sons, you know, I don't know sons are that are morning people. So I'm always morning, 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 rise and shine, everybody. You know, and they're like, mom, please, please. And so they would tell their friends, you don't want to spend the night at our house because this, this happens every morning. You just do not want that. And surprisingly to them, their friends did think that was kind of cute. So what did you do that your daughter thought was like, Mom, please don't do that?
0: Oh, my gosh, this is so funny you asked me. I was just saying, Mom. I literally would go wake them up. I would turn on Barry Manilow's Copacabana every morning, and <laughs> the dogs would jump on their bed, and I would dance. And so – they, they say now they hate that song. Whenever they hear it, they're like, oh, God, I have to get up. <laughs> but <laughs> I did that every morning.
1: <laughs> it does. That is funny. That is funny. Okay, so let's move to desire to inspire. That is a cute story, and and I bet they just like they probably do that when they have a family. Probably play something crazy just to get their kids back because it was done to them. So, what inspired <laughs> you? Because now I see your heart just bubbles over for animals for children, and so as if just this kindness. Re- re- uh, revolution wasn't enough for you And the B, uh, the beef tour And the books Now you decided to help children um, In Africa But not just give them fish But to teach them how to fish so How did all that happen?
0: Well, I had started the Desire to Inspire Foundation before I went to Africa the first time, and my notion was to actually share a spotlight of people who are doing amazing, inspiring things in the world because if you turn on the news, you think that everybody's terrible you know, you know, that everybody's a criminal mm-hmm. or that, you know, and there's just bad, bad, bad. And and I was like, you know, but I know a lot of people doing amazing things, you know, rescuing animals and taking care of pregnant women, elderly, the infirm. And I was like, you know, I want people to know these people, you know, we know the names of celebrities and things like that. But these are the people that we need to, to see. These are role models for future generations. So I started with that notion. And then um, I went to Africa and And, you know, I was just in love with all of the people there. And the children are so loving and so, just so joy-filled. And so I was like, you know, I can't go back home to my comfortable life and, you know, know that they're struggling for clean water or know that they're struggling for food or that somebody can't afford to go to the doctor because they've got malaria. So I said, you know, I need to, I've got a foundation. Let's step up and do this for them too. So um, we just, I started in Ghana, and that was uh, two and a half years ago, and now we're in five countries in Africa. Wow. How beautiful is that?
1: How So how do you raise funds for that? I know there's some marketplace thing that you do, but can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I let go of the the marketplace. That initially was my notion to – I've been fundraising for years and years and years as a volunteer. And I just got so tired of constantly asking people, could you please donate to this cause, donate to this cause. You know, I know people lovingly and generously do give, but I wanted to actually create – something so that people could purchase it they're going to purchase a product let me create a product that people would love to use that works really well that creates jobs in an area where they're needed allowing people to put their own skills to use and then earn the money to do the work so you know i started with i give on that kind of didn't go the way i wanted because you know i was a little bit too scattered with it at the very beginning but again you know we we start with one idea and it not it's Sometimes mm-hmm. morphs into something different, but right now I'm Definitely. really happy with where we are. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So tell us about the new skincare line that's
1: coming out.
0: Oh, that is so exciting. Um, we're using <laughs> all natural ingredients from Africa. And we're doing as much on the ground in Africa as we can. I want to produce as many jobs. You know, they don't have a lot of the infrastructure. So, you know, finding packaging and finding, you know, certain things are not available at this moment. But I want to change that. I want to start changing that. I want to, you know, have people making these skincare products, again, using, like, the best ingredients possible. And, you know, because our skin is our largest organ. And everything we put Mm -hmm. on it gets absorbed into our bodies, just like we ingested it through our mouth. And I don't, I didn't used to understand that, but so I want to create like an amazing product that's good for people and that it also has a good mission behind it. And it's allowing people the dignity of putting their talents into the world to take care of themselves and not have to ask for a handout or a donation. So we're hopefully, we're building out the website right as we speak, and hopefully, I'm, I'm thinking maybe December might be generous, so maybe early next year we'll get that to market. I
1: love that. I just love entrepreneurs. I love them. And and your whole premise is be the change you want to see in the world. That's what you're saying when you're saying be kind, Mm -hmm. be genuine, be inspired. And that's because you want us to all take part in ownership of the part that we play in this world we call home, and how we do that, not only just selfishly like collecting toys and see who can do that, the best and the fastest, but to make sure that we're giving back, and we're taking care of somebody other than our own families, and you're going abroad with your mission and your foundation. So what kind of words of encouragement to get people to be um, to follow their passion, to make sure that they're doing
0: something to leave a legacy, an imprint in this country that made it better? You know, I I love when people ask me that question because you know, it, you don't have to do a toy drive, you don't have to go to Africa, you don't have to do anything like over and above just being kind in every interaction you have. You know, you you walk down the street, you walk past somebody, smile and say hello, ask the checker how her day is at the grocery store. You know, be kind to the bank teller and not frustrated. You know, all of oh, those. Oh, I love out, how you say that. Yes, yeah, be kind to your kindness. waiter and your
1: waitresses. Yes, yeah. I love that. You're going to have to come back on the show because I can't believe the time flew out that fast. Our time is up. It's totally been Totally up. <laughs> 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 oh, and just in time, I want to thank you, Dawn, for your time and for how you live your life out loud by being kind and it's earning us to do the same, to be kind, be loving, be grateful, be inspired, be happy, be genuine, and be strong. We will do that because you are such a champion for that and be a champion for others. And to my listening audience, thank you so much for listening. Sorry I couldn't take phone calls, but we appreciate you so much. As always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll see you very, very soon on the Loretta McNary Live podcast. Goodbye, everybody.